as you're turning to Genesis 37, Genesis 37 is where we're, where we're going to be today. It's probably where you were in your classes. I want to bring to your mind here this particular verse. This is uh, in, in the life of Joseph. To me, this is one of the most important verses in the life of Joseph is, is near the end here. In Genesis 50, uh, verses 20 through 21, but as for you, you meant evil against me. This is who he's, he's telling his brothers after he's revealed himself. And after the, the story's almost over about Joseph. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. We will study quite a bit about Joseph in the next few weeks. And I want us to keep this verse in mind as we study about Joseph. Uh, keep it in the back of our minds for two reasons. Number one, I want us to understand that the, in the story of Joseph, Joseph is not the star of the story. The star of the story is God. God is the star of this story. He's the star of Joseph's story. He's also the star of our story. Of all the things that happen and have happened in our lives, if we'll put our trust and our faith in God like Joseph, be patient. Be patient. Like Brother A.C. said the other night, God is an on-time God. God is an on-time God. And He'll be there for us when we need Number two, I want, you to, I want you to really think about how really kind of a man Joseph was. And, you know, I would really like to have the disposition of Joseph. I said that in class. I'd like to be as kind and as, and as patient as Joseph. And he's a great model to model ourselves uh, for in 2014. If you're looking for some, for some uh, resolutions in 2014, to be like Joseph would be a good one. How kind he was to others. So let's look at the life of Joseph. Turn to Genesis 37. Most of the rest of Genesis includes Joseph in the story. Uh, but we're introduced to the 17-year-old Joseph here in Genesis 37. Joseph was Jacob's 11th son and the firstborn of Jake, uh, Joseph's mother, Rachel. Jacob was about 90 when Joseph was born in Haran. And eight of Joseph's 17 years would be spent in Haran. Nine of his 17 years would be spent in the land of Canaan. At 17, Joseph would be sold into slavery, as we studied about in our classes today. Joseph, as we will study, spends 13 years as a slave or, or a prisoner in Egypt. But at the age of 30, he will spend 80 years as a ruler in Egypt. When we get to know him, in, in Genesis 37, Joseph is the favorite son of, of Jacob's favorite wife. And verse 3, Israel, Jacob, you know, Jacob has two names. Jacob, his name is also Israel. Jacob loved Joseph more than all his other children. And Joseph's father, Joseph's father, Jacob, he gives them this, he gives them this coat, this tunic. Uh, many times we've learned that it's the coat of many colors. It's the coat of varied colors. He gives them this, this garment, and it's an expensive garment. And he doesn't give the rest of the brothers any one of these garments. He just gives his favorite, this coat. Just Joseph. Verse 4, and the brothers, they saw with their own eyes how much more Jacob 
Jacob loved Joseph more than he loved them. And they hated him for that. They hated him. They hated Joseph. They hated him so much, the Bible says, that there, there was no peace when, when, when Joseph was around. Joseph, in addition to having this coat, he had these dreams. He had these dreams. He had one dream where he was a sheaf of wheat and all of his brothers were sheaves of wheat and his brother's sheaves bowed down to his sheaf. Then he had this other dream where the sun, the moon, and, 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 and 11 stars all bowed down to him, all bowed down to his star. He told his father that dream. And in verse 10, even Jacob, his father, rebuked Joseph. What, me and your mother and your brothers? Are we going to bow down to you? He rebukes Joseph. But Genesis chapter 37, verse 11 this is, this, is the, this is the verse that I want to focus on. This is the verse that I want, to, I want to speak to this morning. Genesis chapter 37, verse 11. And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. What Jacob was willing to keep in his mind, the brothers envied. Now, I study mainly from the New King James Version of the Bible. Many of you study from the King James Version of the Bible. The American Standard Version, the very literal, that's a very literal version, the very American Standard Version of the Bible, every one of them here in verse 11 say envied, that the brothers envied Joseph. But three other version that I, versions that I respect, I love the New American Standard Version, the, the ESV, the, the English Standard Version, that's a newer version, but it's a, it's a very scholarly version, very, version, very, very well done. The NIV, I, don't, I mean, there's some problems with the NIV, but I, I, you know, I, can, I can read the NIV. It reads very well. All three of them say the word jealous. So we've got these, these three versions, the King James, the New King James, the, the American Standard. I respect all three of those versions, and I respect the, the NIV and the Ameri New American Standard and the ESV, and they say jealous. One says envied and one says jealous. Which one is it? Which one is it? Envy and jealousy are so alike in our lingo that they're confused. They're confused a lot many times. You know, I've ha I have a hard time not correcting people when they use the word jealousy incorrectly. Do you know the difference between jealousy and envy? Do you know the difference? Let me tell you the difference. Jealousy is, it's a more popular word. Our, our young people, they use the word, if you don't know, they use the word jelly. Oh, she's so jelly. Or I'm so jelly of her. You've heard that before, right? Some of you older people, are you're shaking your head. Please, Chad, don't go there. Okay, I won't anymore, I promise. Jelly is, is how the, what the young folks say nowadays. Here's the difference. Envy is the emotion. Envy is the emotion that you want to possess something that someone has. Okay? Envy is the emotion that you want to possess something that someone has. Jealousy is the emotion that you fear that you may be replaced in the affection of someone that you love or someone that you desire. You see the difference? Envy deals with stuff. Jealousy deals with people. That's an easy way to think of it. Envy deals with stuff. Jealousy deals with people. We get envious of other people's stuff. We get jealous of other people who are around our people. You see. 
Were Joseph's brothers envious or were they jealous? Stephen, before he was stoned, you can keep your finger here in Genesis 37. Turn over to Acts chapter 7. Okay, Acts chapter 7. Stephen, before he was stoned, he recounted before the high priest and the the synagogue of the freedmen, he recounted uh, basically a mini history, a mini history of God's people. Acts chapter 7, verses 8 and 9, Stephen rightly says, Stephen rightly says that Jacob begot the twelve patriarchs, and the patriarchs, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt. Now, that would be great. That kind of settles it, doesn't it? But I've been studying now the New King James Version, and they use the word envious. But the New American Standard Version stays right in line, and it uses the word jealous here. So I didn't get to find out the answer there. You can find the answer. This group says envious. This group says jealous. So what were they, envious or jealous? The brothers were envious. Let me say this of the coat. That was a thing. The coat is a thing. They're envious of the coat. They wanted, they wanted a coat. Not just any old coat. They wanted that coat. The brothers were jealous of what that coat represented. They were jealous that their father loved Joseph more. Homer Haley contends that the coat represents the birthright. The birthright meant status. The birthright meant power. The birthright meant money. Lots of money. Of the top reasons for murder in America today, the number one reason is money. The firstborn usually got the birthright. I just told you at the beginning that Joseph was the 11th born, wasn't he? Reuben, he was the oldest. He was the oldest. He should have gotten the birthright. There should have been no question, right? But Reuben, he disqualified himself. If you turn back to Genesis, you look back at Genesis chapter 35, verse 22. How do you say this delicately? Reuben... He had sex with his father's concubine wife. He had sex with Bela. Uh, that was the brother of Dan. That was the mother of Dan and Naphtali. Okay? So he had sex with his half-brother's mother. Does that make sense? So he was disqualified. If you look over at Genesis chapter 49, verses 3 and 4, Reuben's not blessed. When, J- when Jacob hands out the blessings, Reuben's not blessed. So he's disqualified by his actions. So the second and third in line would be, would be Simeon and Levi. They were brothers. They're, they're the second and third in line, but they're disqualified. Why are they disqualified? Well, if you look back at Genesis 34, verses 25 through 30, they murdered Hamar and Shechem. They murdered them. You know the story. Jacob had how many sons? Twelve sons, right? He had twelve sons. He had how many daughters that were, were told? One daughter. The daughter's name was Dinah. Dinah was raped by Shechem. She went out traveling, looking around, seeing the daughters that were around there. Shechem saw her and he raped her, but he fell in love with her anyway. And he wanted to marry her. He wanted to marry her. So Shechem and his father, his father, uh, Hamar, they go over to Jacob and his brothers and they say, We want Dinah. Please give us Dinah. 
And they, they say, all right, we'll do it. If we, we can't do it if you're not circumcised. So if you guys get circumcised, you and all your men, then we'll do it. They said, okay, we'll do that. And as they're, on the day that it says the Bible, the day, as the, on the day that they were hurting, Simon and Levi, they went and they murdered. While they were, while they were in pain, while they were recovering from the circumcision, they murdered them. And so they're disqualified. And, and uh, they don't receive a blessing over in, uh, in, in Genesis 49 either. Verses 5 and 6. They receive no blessing. That leaves Judah. He's fourth in line. He would have a motive for murder. Money. He would have a motive for murder. He was, he was active. If you look at Genesis 37 verse 26, he was active in selling Joseph. He was active in getting rid of him. The brothers envied Joseph because of his stuff. But they were also jealous of the relationship between their father and Joseph. All children want their father's affection, don't they? All children do. They want their father's affection. Even children without fathers. Many times they'll seek a father figure, won't they? It's such a sad story. To even think that I lost a child. Wouldn't that be horrible? Just to even think it. Jacob in chapter 37 verse 34 when he... When he, when he hears, when he sees the, the bloody uh, tunic that the brothers bring him, he tears his clothes and he refuses to be comforted, it says, because he thinks Joseph is dead. He thinks Joseph has been eaten and killed, by, killed and eaten by wild beasts. You, you have to think, though, is, jo, is, Jacob, is Jacob reaping what he sowed? Think about it. I mean, think about his relationship with Esau, how he had tricked Esau all those years. Think about how Laban, that, that relationship, the relationship between he and Laban, and how, how fractured that was because of all the trickery that had, that had gone on. Think about the relationship that he had with his children, how he had picked that favorite child. Isn't this really something of his own making? I will go to my grave, mourning Joseph, says Jacob. It's the first time the word Sheol is mentioned in the Bible. I will go to my grave, mourning Joseph. Mourning Jacob. Mourning Joseph, Jacob says, but we know he won't. We know he won't. James talks about saying, I'm going to do this or that, when really you don't know what you're going to do. You're, we're, our life is just a mist. That's driven. We don't know what we're going to do. We don't know what's going to happen. Here's a side note. Jacob had no idea when he told Joseph to go and find his brothers. He had no idea that it would be 20 years later before he would see his son again. He had no idea about that. That should tell us something. That should tell us something about our relationships with our children and with our parents. We need to make sure, daddies, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4, that we don't drive our children to wrath. Make sure we tell them we love them before they walk out the door. That's a lesson for all of us.
because we don't know where we're ever going to see them again when they walk out. Now, here's the, here's the question. Are we envious or jealous today? Here's the question. Are we envious or jealous today? And if we are, we're in good company. David admits to, to envy. If you look over at Psalm 73, Psalm 73 and verse 3, David admits to it. He says, For I was envious of the boastful. Why? When I saw the prosperity of the wicked. David saw all the stuff the wicked had and he was envious of it. Can you relate 21st century America? Can you relate? How many times a day are we bombarded by ads for more stuff and more stuff and more stuff? You become a little envious sometimes when you see your friends go on vacations or you see your friends driving this or that or you see your friends on Facebook and they got this or that going on. Do you become a little envious sometimes? You become a little jealous of relationships that maybe this mother has with her daughter or, or this, this father has with his son or, or this family has with their children. David was envious, verse 17 of chapter of Psalm 37, he, he, until I went to the sanctuary of God. He says, I was, I was envious until I went to the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. He understood the end of the wicked because verse 18, God will cast the wicked that David envied down to destruction. Don't envy the wicked. Envy along with jealousy are lust of the flesh. We've read the lusts of the flesh in, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. You know, if we're envious, it talks about envy and it talks about jealousy. If we're jealous, if we're, if we're envious, we will not inherit the kingdom of God just like the, the murderers, just like the drunkards, just like the idolaters. Envy and jealousy are our soul damning sin. Wise Proverbs and New Testament Scripture, they warn against envy and jealousy. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 31, do not envy violent people, the Proverbs say. Proverbs 14, verse 30, envy rots your bones. Uh, so Proverbs 23, verse 17, don't envy sinners. Don't be jealous of their relationships. Romans 13, 13 says, don't walk around jealous. The American Standard Version says, don't walk around jealous. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. We know that is the love chapter. Love, perfect love, does not envy. Perfect love doesn't envy. Brother Donnie Barnes, in his chart on the front of your bulletin, if you've got a bulletin, it's on the front of the bulletin. I've got it displayed here on the screen. Uh, Brother Donnie Barnes from over in Red Bowling Springs he does all these wonderful charts. He, 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 did, he did a great chart that I found. Envy is destructive, he says. Envy destroys a person's influence. Envy destroys a person's relationships with God. Envy destroys a person's ability to think rationally. Envy destroys one's association with friends. Envy destroys one's contentment with life. Envy destroys one's 
personal happiness. Envy destroys one's prayer life. Envy and jealousy take all the enjoyment out of life. Unless you just enjoy drama. In 2014, 2014, let's make the choice. This is, this is our year of choices. That's the theme for the year. The theme for the year in 2014 at Fountainhead is choices. We're going to make good choices. And, and one of the good choices that we're going to make this year is as a collective family, we're going to make the choice to go from envy and jealousy to enjoyment in 2014. Let's enjoy 2014. What do you say? To do so, let's first examine our heart. Let's be honest. James chapter 3 verse 14 says, If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Verse 16, Where envy and self-seeking exist, so does confusion and evil. So, as we are commanded, as we did this morning around the Lord's table, as we do every Sunday around the Lord's table. We're commanded, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28, before you take the Lord's Supper, examine yourself. Examine yourself. We're familiar with 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. We're to examine ourselves. We are to test ourselves whether or not we are in the faith. Hold our lives up to God's Word and see if we measure up. Examine ourselves. If we do, Galatians chapter 6 verse 4, we will have rejoicing in ourself alone. We won't be worried about everybody else. We'll have rejoicing in ourself alone. And we won't be envious or jealous of someone else. Let's go from envy to enjoyment by focusing on our needs instead of our wants. Let's focus on our needs instead of our wants. You know, even the often irreverent poet Charles Bukowski said this, the less I needed the better I felt. Isn't that true? Isn't that a true statement? The less I need, the better I feel. Let's not be like the heathen, remarked Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 28. He said, God, God knows what we need before we even ask Him. The problem's not with God. The problem's with us. we got to ask Him for it because we don't know what we need a lot of times. We must know what we need and be and be grateful for what we're given in 2014. Let's be more grateful. Let's not worry about food and, and clothing and shelter in, in 2014. Nor be envious of, of those who have more than we have. But seek God's kingdom first, Matthew 6, verse 33. We'll get everything we need. Maybe even a little what we want. We need God, though, more than we need air. Let's be more content in 2014. Paul states in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, I know how to be content no matter what happens to me. Wouldn't you like to have that in 2014? No matter what happened to you or me, that we would be content. According to the U version. Bible app, you know, the YouVersion Bible app. A lot of you have that, that Bible app on your phones. According to the YouVersion Bible app, in 2013, the most popular verse that they had clicked on their app 
was Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It's the most popular verse in the Bible. Beat out John 3, 16. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you know, in 2014, to go from envy to enjoyment, our view of the world may need to change. We look around us in America and we feel many times, I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to this. I'm an American. I, I, I should get this because I'm an American. It's my right. And I may shock you by saying this. I don't mean to shock you by saying this, but I may shock you by saying this. But don't you want to be, don't you want to be a good Christian rather than a good American? Huh? What? Yeah, wouldn't you rather be a good Christian more than a good American? If you were a good Christian, wouldn't you be the best American? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta rearrange our view. We gotta put God first in our view. Put Christ first. Put His church first. Christians. Have a servant heart. With, with faith enough, a Christian has faith enough to suppress this, this I want, I want, I want, I want attitude. But that's the view of so many. I want, they want so much, they want so bad that they're envious of what others have and jealous of other relationships. We get caught up in that attitude so much. And Jesus, Jesus, he illustrates this so well. Turn in to your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. He illustrates this so well. Jesus does. Luke 17 verses, verses 7 through 10. He, he tells a little mini parable here. He asks the apostles, if you had a servant, if you had this servant who's been plowing all day, who's been working in the field all day, who's been tending your sheep, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, does your servant sit down and you feed the servant food? No. That's not what you do. When the servant goes out to the field and he works all day and he tends the sheep all day, he comes in and he feeds the master food until the master is filled. That's what we are. Jesus says, the servant works all day. He still cooks for his master till he's filled. Verse 9, does he think that the servant, because he did these things that, that were commanded, does he thank the servant because he did the things that he, were commanded him? Does, does he thank him for doing that stuff? I think not. Verse 10, so likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. We have a duty to be a servant not the master. We are not in control. We're not in control. This attitude, this, this view of our role as Christians, it'll keep us humble. It'll keep us humble and life will, life will be more enjoyable. It will. Finally, yield to God. To go from envy to enjoyment in 2014, yield to God. Do what He wants. Remember, 
as we've talked about envy and jealousy are, are sins, grievous sins, soul-damning sins. Writing to Christians, Paul says in Romans chapter 16, verse 16, Do you not know that to whom you yield to, you're, you're their slave? Romans 16, 17, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. What form of doctrine? What form of doctrine did they obey? What form of doctrine were they delivered? Well, you go back to verse 3, when they were baptized into Christ. That's, what they, that's the doctrine, that's the teaching that they obeyed. When you obeyed that form of doctrine, you were delivered. That's how the sinners in the first century went from slaves of sin to slaves of righteousness. Yield to God. Do what He wants. Don't be afraid or, or envious or, or jealous. God will provide for you. God will provide for you and your little ones. If you need Jesus, come right now.